Welcome back to the 36th episode of the T-Druff the Film Buff podcast. As I say, just about every week, it's going to be a big show. We have a full spoiler breakdown into The Rise of Skywalker, a.k.a. Star Wars Episode Nine, a.k.a. The End of the Saga as we know it, at least for, I would say, another 15 to 20 years, maybe ever. Honestly, maybe ever. Uh, could be it, at least for the Skywalker saga, this could be it. They're obviously going to continue to make Star Wars films, they're going to continue to make Star Wars material for TV, but in terms of the main saga, the main story of uh, good versus evil, dark side, light side, Sith, Jedi, yeah, this is this is it. This is it. Um, for now. Uh, we're going to do that, and then we're going to get into the reaction, uh, sort of breakdown in my feelings on the Tenet trailer. Um, as well as my feelings on the prologue that was played in front of IMAX screenings of The Rise of Skywalker this past weekend, um, which I have now seen the prologue twice, uh, The Rise of Skywalker three times overall. Um, and luckily, my, my feelings on pretty much everything we're talking about today are very, very good, uh, much different than the internets, it seems. Um, basically, the last seven days has been non-stop film twitter complaining about the rise of skywalker and all the faults and behind the scenes issues and the insultingness of the fact that the last jedi was basically swept aside it's, it's ridiculous I, i'm so tired of it um and that's why i'm here to spread positivity and not negativity about you know movies and shows here uh i mean i do have you know a few complaints maybe a little bit tidbits um, maybe even nitpicks, if you will, uh, about Rise of Skywalker, but overall, I, I fucking loved it. I mean, I fucking loved this movie. Um, I was, I mean, this is among the movies this year that I've been moved the most by. Um, and, and again, not everybody will be, you know, if you're not attached to the franchise, if you haven't been a fan for years, if you haven't, um, I mean, maybe, maybe you are moved if you've just binged the last nine movies and, uh, the last month or so, maybe you still are moved, but I can't imagine it's it's at the level that, you know, you would be if you've spent years loving this franchise, decades, I guess, at this point. Um, and if you just if you if you don't feel that closure uh, of the last nine movies, the entire saga, I I really really was moved by this movie. Perhaps not as much as Endgame or. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which I'm sure we'll get to next week on my best of the year list. Um, but there's there's something truly, truly special uh, about this movie. And I almost I feel like I just quoted Snoke there. Did he say truly, truly special uh, in, in The Last Jedi? I feel like he did. I have to go back and look. It just it felt like I was quoting Snoke there. But let's, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, because this movie begins... As Kylo Ren is seeking out the uh, Wayfinders, whatever they're called. Is that what they're called? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a MacGuffin for the movie. Uh, basically takes Kylo Ren and Rey. Uh, that's how they find the Emperor, um, through these Sith Wayfinders, um, you know. And uh, so it, the movie begins, like four minutes of, of no dialogue, just him slaughtering a bunch of people, trying to find these uh, Sith artifacts to locate the Emperor, which, um, you know... Perhaps they both they show in the opening crawl the the the, the, uh, the rebellion, uh, the resistance. I, I guess at this point, uh, I've kind of heard the whispers of of the dead, 
and uh, let's just go ahead and say the opening crawl when the first line is the dead speaks with an exclamation point i was a little bit like i don't know that line feels a little prequelish to me it didn't it didn't sit right with me the first time i saw it i was like oh no no are all these reactions right like am i not gonna like this movie but have no worry it was just one line just maybe wasn't the best line to start out with for the opening crawl it was a solid opening crawl to mention basically everything they catch you up on, on where things are um and you know then we get into so we get into kylo he sees the emperor and he's all zombied out almost it's like um it, it it reminded me of the end of civil war when iron man and cap go and try to find the the uh, the the other super soldiers that of course when they get there are all dead and they're in those yellow tanks and everything and that's kind of the scenery it reminded me of um but so that's when basically the emperor gives you uh, sort of the, the beginning explanation or exposition, if you will, uh, of what the movie's going to be about, right? So he's he's basically saying, go and kill the girl and you'll be able to take over the, the reign of the Sith uh, with me or in my place. At this point, the Emperor doesn't really seem to care uh, whether he lives or dies. He just wants the Sith to live on, um, which it feels pretty in line with what he was in the prequels and which with what he was in the original trilogy. Um and of course, the opening 20 to 30 minutes, and I was kind of warned about this going in by film Twitter, but uh, it, a little clunky, a little, little choppy, um, almost too fastly paced, but you have to accept that um, because this is the last movie in a soccer. They're trying to wrap things up here. Uh, and there's just not time to dilly-dally around um, and have you know long scenes. You know, Endgame did it in three hours and one minute, so they, they, had, they had a little bit more time and maybe episode nine does needed to be 15 minutes longer and it would have felt less choppy for some people um but after the first 20 minutes and even in the second and third viewing i didn't find it that jarring at all i really really dug my experience um and i really cannot wait to see this movie again my god is it so freaking good um it's only been 48 hours and i'm already craving it again uh but again he gives the exposition um and this is this is kind of where um, you either kind of go with what the movie's trying to tell you or you, you're already jumping off the cliff uh, at this point because he basically says the girl is not who you think she is. So this is where, you know, I, I, it just it's so it's so annoying to even address the fact that, that the internet hates this because it, they shouldn't because this is what Star Wars is all about. It's always been about lineage and everything like that but we're going to get to what i think the film's final message is uh at the end of the show because i think it actually goes against uh what some people think the the, the actual message of the movie is based on him saying the girl's not who you think she is eventually we find out that ray is is the emperor's granddaughter um but again we're going to get to that later so and i have just so many notes down here mostly just kind of written down just thoughts and feelings because I don't feel like that this, you know, movies to me, when I review movies or when I talk about movies on here or Twitter, they've always been to me about how they make me feel, right? And so I've said this from the beginning. If the movie succeeds in what it's trying to make me feel, um, that it doesn't really matter if the movie's ultimately well made or if it's poorly made. If the movie succeeds in how it makes me feel, that's how I judge a movie's quality. And you, you can... You can hate that all you want. Maybe that's not the right way to do it from a film criticism perspective. Um, 
and I, I know a lot of critics online have said that that's not really the way you're supposed to review movies, but to me, that's that's how I always looked at it because film is art, right? So art is always trying to to, to draw a perspective or feeling uh, from you and, and make it some sort of thought-provoking uh, mindset, uh, you know, something along those lines. So if it succeeds in doing that to me, if it makes me laugh or the movie makes me cry or uh, the movie makes me not forget about it for the next 24 hours, look up online articles, spoilers, uh, theories, that type of thing. Like I remember doing that for this movie just appeared in my head, but I remember doing that for like Nocturnal Animals, right? I have never revisited that movie, but I still never forget that weird, uncomfortable feeling I felt after seeing that movie in the theaters, right? So, so that to me is where I always come from when reviewing movies. And The Rise of Skywalker, it checked nearly every single box I could have asked it to check um and so for me that's you know that's 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 where I come from in this and and I think that that's kind of where I will kind of begin is that I think that this trilogy right so there's there's a lot of behind the scenes crap that happened with this right so yeah J.J. Abrams you know direct the the first one Force Awakens is the you know people call it a reboot I guess you can if you want to it is rebooting the Star Wars saga back to the public but it's continuing on the legacy and the stories that were set in the prequels and in the original trilogy um, going forward so I thought he really brought it back on track after some pretty bad prequels except for Revenge of the Sith um, you know and, and then we have The Last Jedi which basically completely threw everything we knew about Star Wars out the window there's some things in it that are absolutely brilliant and I love and there's things there's some things in it that I still cannot stand to this day um, even revisiting this movie last Thursday or last Wednesday night into Thursday um, there's just there's some things that I will never really be able to accept maybe like Luke throwing the lightsaber um, you know some of the humor that the, the the stupid your mama jokes in the beginning with General Hux um, and Poe Dameron. Then you have the, the cr- just utterly terrible segment on Cantobite, um, which is one of the most brutal segments of Star Wars in the history. Um, perhaps one of the worst sequences of film that I can remember in a good movie um, ever. Right, so I'm not going to say it's as bad as like Triple X or anything like that, but if we're talking about really good movie with a terrible sequence, that's that's got to be up there. Um, and then, you know, you have the thing with Ryan Johnson where he doesn't come back. The fans start hating him. The fans hate Last Jedi. Half the fan base loves it. Half the fan base hates it. It tears apart the, the actual fan base in general. Solo comes out. It's trash. Um, most people hate it. Some people like it. I think it's pretty, pretty awful. Um, watchable, but awful. Um and then I feeling, or I, I, I thought, being at Star Wars Celebration 2019 in, in April down at the uh, Donald E. Stevens Convention Center, I thought that that was when Star Wars, the, the fan base came together. I thought that that was the, the moment when everything was going to click again, um, when they debuted that trailer to The Rise of Skywalker with, uh, you, you know, thousands, probably seven, 8,000 people in that, that arena. We all laughed, we cried, we cheered. Um, we were stunned when the Emperor showed up and he said, roll it again. Uh, I mean, we loved every bit of it. And, and that was, that was just a coming together moment. I think, 
um, that I will never forget in terms of the fan base together. The Mandalorian trailer dropped, and I thought that this was this was going to be it. Like everything was coming together. Pretty much everybody loves the Mandalorian. I love ninety percent of it. Don't really care for another ten percent of it. But that's how that's how things are, right? You're never going to love everything, except for maybe Game of Thrones. That might be the one thing that I can pretty much justify every single choice they ever made, almost. Um, but then we have the Rise of Skywalker comes out. The reactions perhaps not as great as. I was hoping, but it doesn't matter to me. If you love this movie, you should love it. Never tell, never let anybody tell you how you should feel uh, about a certain piece of art. Um, anyway, let's get back to my notes. That was a, that was a tangent we needed. We did not need to get on, but in mentioning that, I just I feel like that this is the trilogy I'm going to come back to. Right? There are people that grew up with the original trilogy. There are people that love the prequels because they grew up with it, and there are going to be people that love this trilogy because they grew up with it. It's not that I really grew up with these movies. Uh, definitely more grew up with the prequels, actually. Um, but uh, I think that this this one connected with me more than the either of the two trilogies. And that's just me, right? I love these characters more than... Uh, it's tough to say than the original trilogy, but it's up there. Like, Rey, to me, is my favorite Star Wars character. Um, Finn is up there. After what they did with Tomb and Last Jedi, I'm so glad that they brought him right back on track. In this movie, he had a good arc. Um, he had really great humor. Um, I felt um, what he was going through emotionally throughout the movie. Poe Dameron wasn't an idiot in this movie. He was actually smart. Um, he was working together with his um, res- with the resistance members. He wasn't just going against them to go against them and, and do the choices that he wanted to do and get tons of people killed in the process. Like, hey, come on. We, di- we didn't need that in The Last Jedi. God, it's another one of the things I hate. But anyway, back to spreading Positivity. Positivity. Uh, one of the things I really did love in this movie was that the trio is actually together, right? So this is finally uh, the first movie in the trilogy where all three of the main characters, Finn, Poe, Ray, are going on missions together and spend 75 to 80% of the movie together. Um, didn't get that in Force Awakens. We got branches of it, and I didn't think we really needed it in The Force Awakens, actually. Like that was a that was a great movie uh, on its own. We didn't and and, it, and I appreciated that it wasn't necessarily the complete rehash of the New Hope that people kind of said it was. I, I really didn't think that. Um, and in Last Jedi, there are great things about them being separate, but Finn's storyline is awful to watch. Poe, there's some there's some good stuff in Poe's arc, uh, but ultimately, I, again, I think he kind of comes off as an idiot and, and a jackass. Um, and of course, Ray's arc is, is pretty incredible in that movie. Uh, definitely the standout. Her and her and Kylo in the Last Jedi are clearly the stands standouts. So I love that they're actually together in this movie, uh, and I certainly feel that chemistry right off the bat. Um, uh, I think John Williams' music is absolutely beautiful, uh, touching, so perfectly timed in certain moments. Um, I will say I really wish the actual moment when all the ships appear in the final battle for the resistance, I wish that piece of music is on the soundtrack because it was missing when I was looking this morning. Um, I was trying to listen to it again. For some reason, John Williams does that. I remember when the Force Awakens soundtrack came out, he didn't have the moment in there when Rey first grabs a lightsaber. Like It wasn't playing at the same time the scene was supposed to be playing in the soundtrack. It it just Little things like that kind of ticked me off, but that's that's because I'm one of those score soundtrack buffs that just uh kind of i need things to be a certain way when 
ultimately 99% of the people out there don't care. Um, Adam Driver's world class. Like, uh, I, I wrote that down because uh, I actually just watched Marriage Story finally yesterday, and man, that guy's got range. That guy's got range. Like he can he can play he can play things so much more subtle when he needs to, but he can also play the loud, really obnoxious moments. Like I still love in the Force Awakens when him and Finn are out there in the snow forest, uh, snowy forest, and and. And, and he yells out traitor to, to Finn. It's such a great moment. Um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of feel like Kylo for most of that movie is a little bitch. And, and he's just a little, like, annoying and obnoxious. And then even in certain moments in The Last Jedi, you're like, oh, do I really want to root for this guy? It's not, it's not even like you're rooting for him. It's more so that just, like, you just can't stop watching him and, and watching uh, the arc that he goes through. And him and, and it kind of bossing around General Hux is great. Uh, certain things like that. And I just think he is... The arc that he has in this movie, and I think that he'll ultimately come out as probably the, the best in shape for future films uh, outside of the Star Wars universe than anybody else, which he's already proving. He's already been in tons of stuff outside of the Star Wars universe that has been successful. Um, really wish Daisy Ridley would sign on to more things. I don't know that she... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what type of career she has. I hope she has a better career, and I mean this with all due respect to the, the career that Mark Hamill did. I just hope she has a more successful live-action movie career than, than Mark Hamill did. I feel like he kind of fell off and went into voice acting, which he's absolutely incredible at. But I really do hope that Daisy Ridley stays uh, in front of the camera as well. Um... Yeah, I guess I should probably touch on the the uh, Kylo Ray arc together because I think that the the idea that, that started with Ryan Johnson's like force bonding, force skyping sort of situation that they had going on Last Jedi builds so beautifully in this movie. Uh, it, it's such a, a wonderful visual cue as well that they can use um, where they're like they can see each other, but they don't know where the other one is necessarily. And they're kind of using the force to to talk to each other uh, and sometimes to fight each other in a way that that makes just the, the scenes play more nicely in line and not not necessarily just like because it's very tough in the original trilogy right so like luke and vader barely have like many scenes together um but they use they kind of use like Luke's inner thoughts and sort of that vision that he has on Dagobah as like a way to convey like their bond in a way, but it didn't, it's not as powerful to me at least than the, than the Ray and Kylo stuff, just the way that they're able to do that. And of course, you know, what they do at the end if, with the fight against the Emperor with the lightsaber is just fantastic. It's just, a, it's such a great and interesting new addition to the franchise that I'm, that's one of the things I really am thrilled that Ryan Johnson brought to the, the universe. Um, let's see here. I loved the humor at times as well. I think, um, C-3PO had some great lines, had some emotional lines as well, of course. Uh, the Poe Finn stuff, like when Finn is, is not wanting to tell Ray whatever he's going to tell her, which of course now we found out, I think, is that he wanted to tell Ray that he's force sensitive, I believe. So, um, I thought that was kind of funny, even though ultimately I think he could have told Ray, like he, or he could have told Ray in front of Poe. Right. It's not something he needed to actually uh, hold from her. But I'm interested to see if there are some deleted scenes with Finn telling Ray that, um, if that would uh, 
you know, ultimately work better in the, the story to have that, or if it just works better, keeping it out. Um, I mean, there are many times in this movie I got, like, really emotional. Not necessarily the first time either. It's, it's the same thing, like, when I saw Avengers Endgame for the first time, right? So it's so hard to even grasp what you're watching in the moment and kind of understand the implication, implications of, of everything on screen for the story until you kind of sit down and watch it for a second time and let things just kind of play out as is. Um, but like certain things like when Lando returns or when Lando's giving Poe the speech about like, you know, we were afraid too, right? But we did it together. Like we, we beat the empire together. It's not something you can accomplish on your own. Uh, you can't do that. That's about, that's what always what stories, uh, Star Wars has been about is about coming together to face the greater evil, uh, and defeat it together. Right. So, uh, I certainly loved that. I, I loved like right even in the beginning. Right. So like when, when Ray wants to go off and, and find the emperor before really things even kick off in the movie, uh, they all get on the Falcon together and, and, and this, that beautiful shot of everyone kind of sitting down. It's the first time they're all really together on a mission. Finn, Ray, Poe, Chewie, C3PO, you know, everybody. And BBH, of course. Uh, and, and, you know, Chewie just like yells out and, and you don't know what he says, but like Ray just turns to him and said, yeah, it is. And, and you have to, you know, infer on your own what he was saying to Ray. But it, it, to me, no doubt the only thing he was possibly saying was like it's just great to be together it's great to be together on the falcon and i found that that mo that moment the second and third time i saw it was just emotional to me uh, certain little things that they aren't even necessarily asking you as an audience member to be emotional i got a little like i felt it i got goosebumps you know uh let's see here of course another chewy moment that i loved uh was broke my heart but i did love when he's reacting to leia's death um which is one of the most beautiful deaths the, the series has ever brought to screen um but when chewy is you know just like yells out and, and cries and he's just oh he's on his knees and he, he i mean that's that's tough he's gone through now han's death he witnessed he didn't necessarily witness luke's death um but but he had he actually yeah he didn't really even have many moments with chewy and last Jedi, right it was only kind of uh, the hug, and that was pretty much it. Uh, but he had, I mean, he's had to witness three of the original trilogy characters die now. And Chewie, Chewie survived. And of course, that's even, it's even more emotional, like early on in the movie, when, when Ray first is in the desert uh, with, with Kylo and, and trying to bring that ship down that she thinks uh, has Chewie on it. Um, and she, she's using her power. Kylo's using their, her his power, both trying to bring down the ship peacefully. Kylo's trying to send it off. Um, and then Ray accidentally, you know, accesses the the powers that Palpatine gives to her, the, the, the Force Lightning, if you will, uh, or Sith Lightning, whatever you want to call it, and accidentally, like, basically makes the, the ship explode. Like, that was that was really powerful. And that's, that's a moment when Daisy really doesn't give enough credit. When she yells out Chewie, and it's, like, the most pure emotional moment of the movie for her. Like, that, to me, showed showed me at least that she has certainly has a future uh, in the industry um, beyond Star Wars. To me, that was one of her best moments of the, the entire trilogy. Um, God, that's a great moment. I, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, to be honest, overall. Um, 
of course, when all the ships appear at the end and Lando's like, but there are more of us and the music builds up and it's like, yeah, absolutely. Everybody freaking came to defeat the Sith and the dark side. It's like, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a crowd cheering moment that I absolutely major goosebumps. And again, wish the, wish the John Williams uh, soundtrack had that in it. Um, I mean, that go coincides with, you know, after the emperor gets his powers and or gets his powers back, really, if he once he takes the life force um, from Rey and Kylo and shoots his lightning up to the sky, basically he's having everybody nearly die, and there's all the ships, and Rey gets the dual lightsabers, and, and man, just fate, she, she faced him down in such a beautiful way. I have all the power of the Sith, and, and I am all the Jedi. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. That, like, that's, that's, that's what you're thinking in, in that moment. Um... Oh man, and then the trio hug, of course, at the end when they all come back, like that to me is very emotional. Definitely teared up. And then you know, every it seems to be split down the middle on everybody uh, in the the audience, um, the audience feelings on this this particular moment. But the last line of the movie, right? So she's in the desert planet. She or desert planet. We all know it's Tatooine. Like I don't even know why I didn't say that, but Tatooine, and she's basically. Um, burying the, the lightsabers of both Luke and Leia um, and, and taking on the Skywalker name and, and choosing who her family is, choosing who she wants to be. Not, not because, it's not because she's Palpatine's granddaughter that she wins. It's, it's the good inside, Ray. The innerness, the inner good inside of her is what overpowers the name itself. Some things are stronger than blood, as Luke says um, to her on Octu uh, earlier on in the movie. Like that, to me, is one of the emotion, one of the most emotional parts of the movie. She chooses to be Rey Skywalker, right? It's the first time she's actually been able to choose who she is. She says earlier on in the movie that she doesn't think anybody knows her, right? She's trying. She's still the whole arc of the three movies. She's trying to figure out who she is. And she doesn't know who she wants to be. She's kind of gotten sucked into everything. And in the end of the trilogy, she herself is choosing who she wants to be. Nobody else is choosing that for her. She's choosing who she wants to be. And she's taking on the Skywalker name to honor her two masters who shaped her life as she knows it now. That, to me, is fucking beautiful. And I don't care what anybody else says. That's what I take out of that last scene. Um, and I freaking loved it. Um... I guess the only real other scene that I got significantly emotional during was the flashback scene when you actually get to see, you know, Leia training with Luke. It was, I guess, Luke's first ever student was Leia. And it's just, it's a beautiful moment that the, the de-aging technology worked perfectly. The music's so freaking gorgeous. It's darkly lit enough where nothing is distracting. Um, and, you, and you get that, that back, uh, that backstory with Leia there. Um, the lightsaber comes back. I mean, it's just, it's so fucking beautiful. Um, and man, I mean, God, I'm just thinking back to like Leia using her, her force powers one last time, all the strength she has left to see Kylo. That's how he sees Han. And it's like, man, it's, it's, it's tough to even put into words how much I love this movie, but I really, really, really freaking did. Um, I love that Ray kills Kylo and then brings him back to life using the uh, the Force, 
life power that she's, you know, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter what it's called. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the sentiment that counts. It's the fact that she gives uh, him the power to, to still live and be Ben. And that's why I love that moment when she's like, I wanted to, I did want to take your hand. I want to take Ben's hand, not Kylo's hand. I want to take Ben's hand. Um, and that's, and, and I really, really thought I would hate Kylo being redeemed. I really did. I wanted, I did not want him to be redeemed. That was like one of my one wishes. I remember at the beginning of the year when I was thinking about the movies coming out, it was my one wish for star Wars. I did not want Kylo to be redeemed. I thought he had his chance in the last Jedi and he didn't take it. And I thought that this was going to be that movie where he was just, he was just pure evil and they needed to defeat him. Um, but at the end of the day, it was more obvious than I thought it was. And it worked so perfectly to me, at least the way he was redeemed and he helped, you know, Ray save the galaxy and ultimately gave his, his life to save hers as she gave hers to, to save him, uh, earlier on in the movie. So, uh, that's, that's powerful stuff. Um, yeah, and even like, you know, these other tidbits I wrote down here, like even working just where the fact that they were able to work Leia into the story uh, as Ray's master and, and you know, have Ray basically begin the movie saying, be with me, be with me uh, to, to all the Jedi voices that are out there. She's basically trying to summon every all the other Jedi to help her, you know, through through her final steps as a uh, becoming a Jedi um, that that to me is really powerful. All the stuff with Leia really just, I loved it. Even though like you can clearly see that they had to work around um, some of the dialogue that they had from unshot or unused scenes in The Force Awakens to make it work dialogue-wise in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I really, I, man, I, I can't tell you how much I, I really dug the scenes with Leia and how much I was moved by them. Um, I loved the new characters like Zari, uh, I think that's her name, is it right? The Carrie Russell character, I think her name's Zari. She was great. It looked really cool. Um, just, just not in it as much as we, you know, thought maybe. Just enough that we needed her. Like that's all we needed. We just need that little moments here and there to help Poe, help the crew. Um, you know, maybe it's just some moments that are contrived, sure. Um, but it, to me, it worked. I love Jana. Uh, she, she was great. Uh, again, another new addition. Maybe they didn't even need to add all these new characters. Um, but to me, I just felt it was, it was it. It was cool. Like that's that's what I came out of this movie saying. It was fucking cool. Like I don't know. Uh, I love Dio, of course, voiced by J.J. Abrams, which is interesting. Uh, Babu Frick was, of course, a standout, and, and and of course you get the returns of old characters like Han. Like when Han freaking comes back, come on, it's like a repeat of when Kylo kills Han, but in his memory, it's it's now different, and he's able to basically say sorry and that he loves him without having to say it. Um. God, I mean, Wedge Antilles comes back. Come on. It's for like two seconds, and he comes back like, that's great. I love that. Um, and, of course, Lando comes back, too. And, I mean, yeah, it's... God, I love the scene with, with, with Rey, uh, with Luke on Octu. Kind of a subtle jab with the fact that Luke, you know, chucked his lightsaber at the beginning of Last Jedi when he says a lightsaber deserves more respect. I love that. That's great. Uh, love the sound when he catches that lightsaber, just as I love the sound when the Emperor shoots all the lightning into the sky. Uh, just great sound mixing, sound editing there. Um, and, and again, like I said before, this is this is a story about choosing your family. Uh, it's not that family ultimately defines you. Uh, there are things that are stronger than blood. 
and ultimately Rey chooses her family and she chooses to be good and save the galaxy over her blood that was evil. Like that to me is powerful. Um, and again, I mean, there, 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 you know, there'll be haters. It's just not a movie I can hate on. It's just not a movie that I ultimately see why people hate it so much. I just, I can't. I could see some things that maybe are not as uh, polished as everybody would like them to be, but I can't. I can't say that I, I see where people are coming from when they say they absolutely despise this movie and that it goes against everything Star Wars stands for. I can't. I can't agree with that. I just can't. Um, but yeah, that's that, those are my thoughts on the Rise of Skywalker. Basically, I think what I'm going to do now is we're going to go ahead and pull up that Tenet trailer. But before I do that, um, let's go ahead and react to that Tenet prologue because boy oh boy was it fucking riveting i mean so this is how amc plays it out right so the only reason i even needed to see an imax and i was going to go to dolby cinema but i'm like i don't think they're they're going to show this prologue in dolby they're only going to show it in imax so i needed to see star wars rise of skywalker in imax I've seen it twice in imax now because uh, i need to see that tenant prologue again um and it, it is basically just one scene drawn out um from the movie that's like a almost like a heist or a I don't even want to say it was strictly like a bombing on this like concert that was happening um, because they're ultimately just trying to take somebody captive but there's certainly some terrorist elements to that sequence it seemed again we don't really know the story yet but it did seem like there was some sort of terrorist element to it um, where John David Washington and a, and a crew are kind of going in, faking like they're a certain branch of the government, and securing this one famous person or high-up political government official. I don't even know who he is at this point. We don't really know anything. Getting him out of there before the building explodes, it's riveting. It is intense. Um, the music is gripping, and it's it's loud but not overbearingly loud like it's perfect it feels like a Hans Zimmer score and it's not Hans Zimmer so like you know I'm I'm okay with that like Ludwig seems like he's doing some great work here and that's why ultimately for now I'm okay with the fact that Zimmer's not scoring a Nolan movie but I do hope that this this isn't the end of like the Nolan Nolan Zimmer combination like I hope he doesn't fall too much in love with Ludwig as his composer because the Zimmer Nolan thing is is has been brilliant from the beginning, and uh, yeah. But that's also one of the other reasons why I can't believe that this. I will not believe that this is like a an Inception secret sequel. Like to me, if Nolan was legitimately doing a secret Inception sequel, he would get Zimmer back because his Inception score is probably the most iconic thing he's ever done in his career. Um, so to me, that would need to he would need to bring Zimmer back for that. Um, but yeah, my God, I mean, just the cinematography as well, like Hoyt Van Hoytema, I think is his name, um, and he does tremendous work in the, in the prologue, but let's go ahead and just pull up this trailer and try to go like shot by shot and, and see what uh, see what we got here, see if there's anything we could really break down. All right, here we go. Warner Brothers logo comes up, Sin, sin Copy, that's, that's what you know, it's a Nolan movie. And I, I love, so like these first couple shots of the trailer, seem very inception like i'm almost positive that one of the first shots in the inception trailer is this darkly lit city-wide shot of a building and it's like a, a zoom in and i think one of the next couple shots is like somebody loading a gun which i believe is dicaprio and in this movie it's john david washington doing that so it's 
interesting stuff that they have there. Yep, there's the loading the gun. The silencer as well. Like that to me, okay, so that's, what is it, the premise of the movie, right? So you have John David Washington essentially dying on the train tracks uh, with a voiceover saying, you chose to die over giving up your colleagues with a guy who seems to be some sort of interrogator about to kill him, about to chain him to this railroad or something, and he's going to die via uh, railroad tracks, which is an interesting sort of callback to Inception maybe. Probably not, probably looking into it too much. Um, but so what, he's dead now, and they say welcome to the afterlife eventually, which is very interesting. Test you passed. Not everybody does. And that is the line of the trailer, I feel like. Okay, so he, so... Nolan tackled war in Dunkirk. He tackled space and in interstellar. He tackled Batman of all things, superheroes, and uh, the idea of being heroes in the Dark Knight trilogy. He tackled time and the mind in Inception. Um, prestige, it was like competition, betrayal, um, antagonist versus protagonist, which one are you rooting for? You know, that sort of thing insomnia he tackled sleep it's like he in in memento he tackled memory there's like he tackles interesting things every single time i can't i can't picture tenant being anything but another mind-bending sci-fi crime thriller much in line with what he did with inception um and i cannot wait to see what he does afterlife's a very interesting subject so we'll see it's good from christopher nolan you love to see that right Mm, interesting okay so and there's that first shot finally you get the first shot of Bobby Batts is Robert Pattinson uh, alongside John David Washington there walking uh, interesting shot um, but yeah so oh man god it, it is interesting like, if this was an Inception sequel somehow I don't think it is though shot of a bunch of yeah, we're trying to protect World War 3 what is this I mean, nuclear holocaust, what is this? Mackenzie Davis there, or I'm sorry, Elizabeth Debicki. Um, something worse than a nuclear holocaust. And there's another shot of like a, it seems to be like a backwards uh, plane shot. And then a lot of you won't notice, but the way the water kind of hits off the boat in this one shot seems to be like a, uh, they're tilting time backwards, much like at the end of the trailer with the, the car. So it's interesting. There's the, the key of the trailer, Tenet. Michael Caine returns. Kenneth Branagh. It's jumping off the building shot. And there's another backward shot. And John David Washington gets his name top billing here over Bobby Batts, which is awesome. I love to see it. There's the Here's the shot. Bobby Batts in the car driving backwards. Car flips over. And then the car flips back. I just... I don't even know what to think there. As he's walking in, sees the bullets. It hasn't even happened yet. And boom! Time runs out. 7, 17, 20. 
And I think that that means time runs out on this podcast because, wow, there's a lot there. We went through Rise of Skywalker for 25 minutes. Now we're in the Tenet trailer. Absolutely loved it. I love the prologue they released. I'm all for it. Um, Yeah, I think that that'll pretty much do it for this week on the show. Much to talk about next week. We have the top 10, maybe top 25 movies of the year, of the decade. And then the week after that, we'll be looking to 2021. That's it for this week on the T-Draft the Film Buff podcast. Have a Rise of Skywalker-filled weekend.